Hey guys, welcome to the Wedding Pros Podcast. Um, today we're going to do something kind of interesting. Um, Jared and I were talking about, um, we always say we live a charmed life, right? <laughs> when we go buy gear now, we're just like, well, what's the best? Or what's going to last the longest? Or we don't think about it. We just buy whatever we need when we need it. And we're like, that's not really real life for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, that is very unrelatable. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, the beginning of the year, usually we put together, like, our budget, and we're like, yeah, you know, this is built in. We're going to spend this much, but it's really, like, repairing gear, and, and maybe we're going to, like, get another wedding kit, or, you know, we're trying to expand and do more weddings, so we're going to buy essentially the same gear. We're just going to multiply the amount of weddings that we can do, and that's what's kind of built in, but we're just, like... Tools of the trade. Yeah, and I mean, we're pretty established in the way that we shoot, but I mean, which is a good and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good in that, you know, we know the way that we like to shoot and the way that our team likes to shoot, but then it's also um, can mean that you can become pretty complacent with just what kind of gear you're using but and like, let's, style of shooting and all that kind of stuff. So, so if you're starting out, um, then you're not going to be in the same position that we are. And so we wanted to mm-hmm. kind of think about what it would be like to start out. So today we're going to start a brand new wedding film company, each of us, mm-hmm. and we're going to we're going to kit it out. And before we get into that, I just wanted to say something to most people. You're starting a business, right? And so if you're looking to go on the cheap there's only so cheap you can go, but just keep in mind the average startup business, which is not a single person, and it's different than a wedding video business, so I don't think this is a wedding business, but the average startup business is around 30 grand. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That's a lot of money, and so when I hear people like, I'm starting this thing for $2,500, a video, I'm like, you're not going to be able to... I don't personally think if you want to start out your wedding video business, now maybe you have some pre-existing equipment, but like all in all, your investment is not going to be twenty five hundred dollars to start a legitimate mm-hmm. wedding film company. No. So, I think the way and and this is kind of a different way of looking at it because I think most people, when they think about starting a company, it's not, hey, I'm going to raise money and I'm going to, you know, get an investor or I'm going to take out a credit card and just spend as much money and start a company. It's usually. You know, oh, I got a a camera for my graduation of uh, high school graduation or I want to get into DSLR shooting and they they got a DSLR and now they're playing around with it. And they're like, I could do this, you know, and it's just kind of like a gradual, okay, I buy another lens. I you know, I buy this, buy that, buy that. Absolutely. This is kind of, you know, a, a little bit more of an isolated experiment for us where we're like, well, you know, if we were starting out and if we knew we wanted to do this. This is how we would do it. We well, would invest this amount of money and I do hop think in. like so today we're going to keep ourselves so we're going to start a new wedding film company and we're going to keep ourselves to $10,000. Yep, that was on the, the budget. That's yep. the goals. And so And that's everything. That's, that's not, everything. That's 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 you can't use anything that's not on this list. So I'm excited to see it. Yeah. So we each made a list. We each made a list. Yeah. And the thing about it is is like we do know if you're starting out, you might not have 10K cash. I think if you look at all the things you've invested in, even if you've accrued equipment over the course of four years before mm-hmm. you decided to take the plunge, you probably have, you could probably do this. I bet I could shave 20% off this budget by going absolutely garbage stuff. Yeah. But 
So here's the hard part for me. Let's talk before we get into our list. Let's yeah. talk about what was hard about making this list. Sure. The hardest part about making this list for me was not was pretending like I don't know how to make wedding films. Mm-hmm. Because I'm like, I know what I need, and it's not it's an unfair advantage. I was trying to be like, oh, if I was starting out, what kind of mistakes would I make? Yeah. How would I? What kind of gear would I buy that I don't need? Like, and I was trying really what hard. What would you overspend on? What would you underspend on? Yeah, and it was hard. No. And it's like, I couldn't like get myself to buy a really terrible monopod, for instance, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I know that it would kill me. Yeah. Like, I I'm thinking about shooting with a terrible monopod, mm-hmm. and I know for a fact like you, it would destroy your films. It, so when we first started our company, um, we kind of were coming from different. Like, I'd used a little bit of DSLR, and you really were fresh to like DSLR shooting. You yeah. had never really I'd only get, ever used like camcorders and yeah, studio yeah. cameras. So when we first bought our cameras, there was like a 5D Mark II yes. with a nice 50 millimeter prime lens. And I was like, these lenses are dope. They're so nice. And it's all really you ever knew. So you're like, oh yeah, I don't really like, you know, this about this camera. And I'm like, these lenses are like so nice though. Cause I was used to using like a 50 millimeter, like 2.0, the $100 one that you buy on yeah, the NH. Yeah, the nifty like, 50. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like the same concept of like, we're kind of spoiled now where we're like, if I use a monopod that has like squeaks in it, I'm like, what the heck is wrong with this? And then I see what other people are using, and I'm like, that's plastic. <laughs> that's a plastic tripod that you're using. Well, it's like, just how in the world I, All I can ever, ever think about is how it's going to break. Yes, and yeah. I'm not going to be able to do my job because it's going to break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it's hard. It's hard to go backwards. It's it, hard to like. Yeah. Un- it's like I play guitar. Yeah. And when I hear someone who can't play guitar, like pick it up and it's like, mm-hmm. and like making all these terrible noises. And I sometimes will pick up my guitar and try to push as softly as possible yeah. and make the same noises that they do. I can't make them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that's the hardest part for me about making this list is trying to think like a person who's starting their business up. Yeah. Um, because I know when you're starting a business up, there's a lot of critical little areas where you will compromise that oh, yeah. you oh, yeah. maybe really down the line realize you shouldn't have compromised in. But anyway, and you spend more, and you end up spending more money if you buy a crappy lens that breaks, you know, three times. Which <laughs> actually, though, I, I probably had three of those nifty fifties, nifty fifties that were explode. like a hundred dollars. Like, <laughs> would it just explode in your bag? You would be like, how did? Did I drop it? Like it would just a lens that place. looks good and is terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like those. Uh, uh, Doesn't it like focus in the opposite direction? I don't remember at this point. It's got yeah. like a focal ring. It's yeah. like the width of like a French fry. Kind of like those Holga. Are they Holga? Those cameras, those like little film cameras. That, the wacky ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like a fun little toy lens. Is, I think they're they is. they look good. Yeah. Yeah, like the like, colors are kind of muted, but they're sharp. Yep. So yep. anyway, so what was the hardest part about for you is kind of making this list? Um, probably, yeah, I think I think it was because essentially what I did is I put down all the things that I thought I would want, and then it was way more expensive. So just finding ways to compromise. Um that that is that is that is the hardest part. Like, what are you going to compromise on to get down to 10k? Um, and maybe you're listening to this and you're like, 10k? That's a lot of money. Like, I don't think I have started with that, but like, it is a compromise, really. Like, to to 
have all your gear be under 10K, you're compromising somewhere along the way. Um, even with the cost of DSLRs right now or, or, or mirrorless cameras, you're still um, you know, only able to have so much there. Um, so yeah, I, I think these lists um, are, I think, made with the intention of like, eventually you should look to upgrade in certain areas. Um, and we can, we can talk about kind of where they are um, in each of our lists. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and then also thinking about if I was starting over, um, what kind of shooting style would I, would I try to tackle right off the bat? Would it be a Stop Go Love product or would it be something different, you know? Um, and, and would I look to increase the quality over time? And I think I would. I, I think that's probably where I'd be. I'd be like, well, this is my price point. This is what I can deliver. And I'm happy to deliver that. So, so just understanding by only spending a certain amount, you are going to have to compromise even on the quality of what you're you're producing um, at the end of the day too, and being okay with that. So, trying to put myself in that space at the same time. Um, so, anyways, should we should we dive in? Should we? Yeah, let's do kinda, it. Kind of okay. So, let's basically talk about the concept we had about the company we're starting. Okay, cool. And what our goals were, and then we'll get into the gear specifically. So for me, I'm assuming like I'm watching all these people make these crazy edits, a lot of speed ramping Mm -hmm. and all like all this stuff. Cause here I do find like when you're starting out, you tend to want to gravitate towards a trendy style. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually don't think that's a terrible idea from a business standpoint. Sure. Cause it'll get you quick business. And you maybe have an opportunity to make a name for yourself doing something unique. So I would probably try to do that. I would probably gravitate. I would shoot 4K because I would I would be trendy. And I would and not that 4K, I think, is here to stay. I don't mm-hmm. think that's a problem. Mm-hmm. But I just know, I like now, there are times where we're like, ah, you don't need 10, 1080. Well, if yep. I was starting out, I wouldn't think that way. Yep. I would think, I need 4K. I need, and I need slow-mo. Mm-hmm. And I would probably gravitate towards a, a lot of handheld style mm-hmm. um, and want to move towards, like, a lot of dynamic. I mean, I would move my camera too much. Mm-hmm. I probably would, like, want to have, like, gimmicky edits and yep. a really trendy look. Mm-hmm. So so that was my concept. Yeah, uh, I think... I gravitate towards a lot of those things too. I'm not saying that I personally want to make that. I'm just saying like I'm a put. That's the space I put myself in. The the hard thing for me, in thinking about because everyone wants to be handheld nowadays, or and and use gimbals as well. Um, The hard part for me is is shooting ceremonies in that space. You know, like I, I think I think everyone's everyone who says they're shooting handheld during the ceremony, they're all tripoded up, right? Like I, I would, I would assume. Oh yeah, yeah. And in terms of this, yeah. we should go through our ceremony concept. Yeah, sure. So the other thing is, I would, I was factoring in a, a two camera ceremony mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. feel. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did lean on uh, quite a bit of stabilization. I, I think there would be handheld times that I, I would probably, um, like the reception, I would probably want to do a lot of handheld. Um, probably during the getting ready. I would probably lean towards more stabilization. I would probably do um, like a, a monopod. Um, so so a really kind of um, close, tight, kind of um, stabilized look. Because um, I just, I, I, I'm not used to handheld shooting. So I, I, well, I guess if I was starting over, kind of what you're saying, I probably would try to go handheld. But 
me right now, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> like, because it's just not something that I'm, I'm comfortable with. It's not in my wheelhouse. But I guess if I was starting out, I guess I probably would try to lean a little bit more handheld um, and then realize I sucked at it and then probably go up to some stabilization. Um, I like editing too. And, I, and like, we'll both assume that we know how to edit mm-hmm. in this. Um, so, yeah. And sure. that we already have editing software because mm-hmm. we've already like no i think um audio oh. is really important right off the bat if if you i think that's an area probably a lot of people don't invest in up front because yeah know, that was the part i not, thought when i was starting i was like i probably wouldn't have done this yeah but i can't turn my brain off yeah it, because when you first start you don't really um you don't know what you don't know so i think that's an area that a lot of people struggle with up front is just like how do i get good audio maybe they've shot a bunch before or they don't know how important it is to the storytelling Mm -hmm. so they just take it for granted yeah um and so i leaned on doing a little bit more audio than maybe i would if if i wasn't aware um so so yeah let's hop in so i guess um with that in mind what camera system would you Start off with what what camera? So what camera system and why? Yeah. So I went with a um, Panasonic system um, because I'm assuming if I was starting out, I would probably be highly influenced by um, White and Reverie because mm-hmm. they're very popular and they make really nice films. Mm-hmm. And I would also be a person who would just go. They have the most stats. And I think Panasonic has 4K, 60, and then they have the 10-bit color. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for my product with, that I'm making with this, I would want it to be stylized, so I'd want more color latitude. Um, and, yeah, the IS is also excellent, and I want to do a lot of handhelds, so I like I want that internal stabilization and all that stuff. So that I went Panasonic. Cool. Uh, what what camera body specifically and how much Oh, GH5. GH5. How much I, so I got two GH5s on this kit. Um, I and this is a place where I also know I made I wouldn't I might not do this if I was starting out. Mm-hmm. But now and as a person with experience, I'm like ugh, having two different camera bodies sounds so annoying to me oh, yeah. for so many reasons. Yep. Like I don't want to be thinking like I don't even like it when we shoot on a Mark III and a Mark IV mm-hmm. for the day. It's annoying because yep. you're like, ugh, this one doesn't have this. And you just want everything to work the same way. You want mm-hmm. smoothness. And so I got a camera kit that came with a little bag, a little a 64-gig card, and an extra battery. Yep. Um, and DC GH5. Um, those are my, if you don't know that camera, it's Micro Four Thirds. Uh, the other thing I like about this, the um, Panasonics is they do have a really um, good menus and everything's right there, which is another thing that I know in my head that maybe like Sony's I know are good, mm-hmm. but I don't like um, how they feel in my hand. Mm-hmm. I know that. I don't like the menu system. There's a lot of things about it that annoy me. I, as a Canon shooter, I want it like, so the the uh, GH5, I know everything's right there pretty much. Yep. The menu system's pretty good. Feels a little bulkier than it's not like Canon, but it's not a it's not a little tiny Sony. Mm-hmm. So I like that. So I went Panasonic for those reasons. Cool. I, so that's uh, tw- around twenty eight hundred on my budget. 
for for two cameras for two bodies. How much so is each individual? Fourteen hundred. Fourteen hundred. So so thirteen ninety seven. Okay. Um, with with uh, and these are on sale. So that's the thing. So mm-hmm. I was also looking for things that were on sale, and these are twelve hundred dollars off. Oh wow, twelve hundred dollars off for the two of them. So six hundred each. Okay. Okay. I don't know what that means, or I haven't been looking at this. Uh, I think um, they're coming out with their new body. Yeah. The, so uh, these are currently um, six hundred dollars off, which is another yeah. thing that I would look at. Yeah. What is it? Uh, the? Uh, is it the DCS one, the six K camera that's coming out that everyone is obsessed with? Um, yeah. It's coming out soon, so I would assume that's why that. Anyway, so I spent about twenty eight hundred on bodies, cool. and, and that's what I probably would say if you're starting out. My recommendation in general is I don't think you should get two different bodies. I think you should get two of the same. I would agree. Yep. And, you know, you can spend around 1400 and do a really good job with a lot of different systems mm-hmm. per body. I picked the, uh, the Fujifilm X-T3. Uh, I have two of these cameras right now, um, and I love them. So I'm a little, I'm a little bit biased, but I, I would do a little bit of uh, research on it. Um, and, uh, and not a lot of people use them, um, except for some of the people that I really respect in, in filmmaking. Um, David Lee, I think, uses them for their, um, their gimbal footage. And, uh, and it's, I think, yeah, it, it shoots 4K um, 60 frames a second. It also shoots 4K in 120 frames a second. I think it's one of the only ones that was on the market 4K? earlier in the year. I thought it was only HD at 120. Mm-hmm. 4K. So only, one of the only cameras that does it. Does it look but good? It's, 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 I think it's only 8-bit instead of 10-bit. Uh, okay, okay. um, so, you know, you, Your you compromise Your clients really notice that. But I know. I know. Uh, but but you, you, you can. Um, it's APS-C sensor as opposed to uh, micro four-thirds, and it's the, um, uh, what is it, X-Trans, uh, Fujifilm's X-Trans sensor um and overall from what i've experienced and and we haven't we didn't really talk about this this is really we haven't shot these so this is all you know conceptual um, yeah we i mean we these are all cameras we have a familiar cameras with, yeah but and lenses lenses too. most yeah. of these lenses i've never touched yeah because yeah. i wouldn't no offense to these lenses yeah. i've never buy these lenses yeah, i yeah. would just be like no nah, i wouldn't buy them they're yeah. too cheap yeah um but I, I chose it. Um, the colors in Fuji um, are just really nice. And also, I would feel like if I needed to, I could also shoot photos with the X-T3. That's true. Um, the X-T3 has great autofocus as well, um, something that I, I think is probably some of the best autofocus out there um, from what I ex- experienced um, in shooting even Canon Mark See, I feel like this versus- is a mistake. I knew that in my head and I was like, I would make this, this is a mistake I would make. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Panasonic is a bad camera, yeah. um, but I would probably not consider autofocus enough. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, yep. You know, I would probably just be like, oh, this one is 10-bit color. Or I, I, there'd be something about the camera that I, I would overestimate its value. Autofocus is is relatively new when it comes to video too, right? DSLR, especially. yeah. So so maybe in the, like the last like three or four years, it's like become it's, actually usable. I remember the first time really seeing autofocus used in video was the um, C, was it the C one hundreds? Like that, that was the first time I was like, oh yeah, I guess you could use that. Continuous that really AF. Continuous so AF. I remember the course, Mark yeah. the Mark two for Canon. You could 
hold the AF button yeah, with the you, little you could hold focus the spot. And, yeah. The Mark III, you could tap to focus, but mm-hmm. it had no continuous focus. Not tap to focus, but you could like yeah. you could move it around. You could like yeah. actually make it focus yeah. Yeah. without having to hold that AF button. Yeah. And then the um, Mark IV has continuous AF. Yep. Yeah. And like Canon's basically the crappiest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. on the market when it comes to AF. A lot of these other cameras, especially the mirrorless, is like way, way above and beyond. Yeah. Sony, I think, actually has better AF than both of them. Yeah. But. So, yeah, the, you know, the X-T3, just a really cool camera. Um, something that, I mean, this is kind of cheating a little bit, but the battery life on this camera is a pain in the butt. It's just like, I don't think it's as bad as some other cameras that just kind of like the... the Sony! Well, I bet it's comparable to Sony, but the Black Magic, you know, the 6K is terrible on that. It's like what, life. 40, that, that's 40 minutes or whatever? Yeah. Um, you know, the X-T3 is actually a good little camera. Um, I know. So I got, I got two of those. Right now they're on sale, uh, $200 off each of those. So they're down to $1,300 each. So that brought me up to 2600 total for two camera bodies. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So we're both spending around. Around the same. Yeah. Why did so? Uh, what's int- why did we both decide not to do Sony? Mm, well, <laughs> we know why Canon. We can't. It's too expensive. Well, we both had an experience with Sony when we got the A7S the Mark One. Yeah, and we didn't like it. We just didn't like it. We we thought that the colors were. I mean, I wasn't willing to spend the time it took to make the color look the way I wanted it to, and also, um, I think it was just harder to get the look in general like it, it we we got um a lens adapter that probably wasn't the best i think i, I forget the brand it was it but was it was basically just bad. a like, metal thing yeah it, it just and and compared to at the time so i have a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth now i know everyone's probably like screaming like oh they're better now they have the best you know low light and at the time the low light was you know second to none like the low light I on those honestly cameras. Thought but now everyone's really caught up. Even the Canon Mark IV. Like, it's fine. You, at a wedding, you don't need, I mean, I don't ever shoot over 3,200 ISO ever. I've so been like, in a couple situations 10, where I've been like, up to like 4,000, but it, yeah. it's really not very necessary. Oh, yeah. and that was the other thing. So yeah. this practically, might, it's not as it's it's not as useful as you would think. And they my, might be able to like, you know, wave their finger at everyone else and say, "Oh yeah, our low light is better," which is probably true. But practically, you probably won't need ten thousand. My answer ever. to that was that I was hoping to be able to light a lot of light things, sure. and so I didn't really care about the low light yeah. that much. Yeah, and um. I would probably have done research and seen, oh, all these people complaining, there's no new one, and they're complaining yeah. about that. Yeah. And I probably would have also done research on, oh, it's terrible battery life. Mm-hmm. And then I would have also done research on the, like, handheld, doing handheld with a Sony, I think is really hard. Mm-hmm. There's no buttons. Like, you mm-hmm. can't change stuff. Yeah. It's, some, it has some. But, of course, I just find the, the menu, like, you can't go and just fly through it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure someone with experience on it could. Yeah. But that's another thing I like about the XC3 is there's there's plenty of external and all the bus buttons on the exterior are customizable. If you're a person who um, is getting started and you want to do Sony, great. Mm-hmm. I, it's a beautiful image. There's a lot of positives about Sony. But um, experienced shooters know the value of physical buttons. Mm-hmm. 
I, I can't explain it to you any more than just saying to you, like, am I wrong? Yeah. Uh, being able to do things really fast is necessary, and having external buttons are, is allows you to be fast. So, yeah. Anytime you're getting into a menu system, you're like, well, this sucks. Yeah. You're yeah, never, like, sure. happy opening up and scrolling through stuff. Sure. Um, <clears throat> anyway. I, I, and, and menu, I mean, I hear a lot of people complain about, like, oh, the menu system. I really just feel like... What what are you custom or what are you accustomed to? Is yes. really what it comes down to. Like, I thought the Fuji menu system was terrible until I started using it every single weekend. Then I was like, oh, it's, it's not bad. It's I just totally know it now. Fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. Totally fine. Um, and I think that's really where um, a lot of stuff is. So let's talk about our lens theory a little bit. Yes. And then so this was really hard for me. Mm. Like it's um kind of important. Well, I did cheat a little on this because I, well, I didn't turn my brain off because I was like, I'm not getting, I know I would make this mistake if I was starting. I Mm. wouldn't even think about this, but I couldn't do it, Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) which was getting variable apertures. Mm -hmm. Like I cannot shoot on a zoom lens with variable aperture. Yep. That is just so annoying. You're like 2.8, 4.0. Yep. For those that don't know what that is, it means if you zoom your lens um, on cheaper lenses, Typically, this is the case where when you zoom, it will give you a smaller aperture or, yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll make your, it'll decrease your aperture. So like you'll, on wide, like if you're at the widest view, you'll be at 2.8. And as you zoom the camera in, it will go to 4.0. And that's really annoying if you need a lens that's supposed to be fast in a bunch of crappy lighting environments. I know that that's problematic. Yep. And that I would really hate that, and it would drive me nuts. So I didn't go with that. But what I did go with was, and we, and, and for those that are watching on YouTube, um, we're going to be showing um, this. And I, if we can, we're going to share a link to a shopping cart so you can look at it. Um, for those that are listening on the podcast, you can head over to YouTube and you can see some of the, what we're talking about. But so I went with a. Um, Panasonic lenses because I know I would probably go with the brand, right? Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't at the beginning. I wouldn't trust another brand like mm-hmm. Zeiss or whatever. So I went with Panasonic uh, 42 um, millimeter lens. That's like a 42 prime, on a on a micro four thirds. Is that what is 85 that? millimeter equivalent? Okay. So it's like a portrait is lens. Is it double? Is it is ish? Yeah. Yeah. It's about double, I believe. Um, and I, so I, I would probably go with that because it's trendy. Yeah. And and I also went with a. Uh, What's the aperture on that one? So this is a, a 1.7. 1.7. Okay. So I want I would go with a really fast lens because I would want to really I would want that shallow depth mm-hmm. of field because everyone knows when you first start out the coolest thing in the world is bokeh. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the next thing I went with was a 35 to 100 millimeter 2.8 which is only 897 which I mean that's a pretty good deal. Mm-hmm. I have no idea if the lens is good, yep. but it's a Lumix um, GX Vario 35 100mm 2.82. Yep. With like there's so many words here. 2.82 power OIS lens with UV filter. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the 7200 equivalent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That to me isn't you need that focal length to shoot weddings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would have my portrait lens with the 85mm because I would I would want to be away from photographers. Yeah, and I would I would try to use it on a gimbal probably. Yeah, um, and then I would have the eighty five. 
Maybe. Yeah. I know I would try it when I was starting out. I might decide not to. Yeah, yeah. But, but 35 to 100 for my um, ceremonies. Mm-hmm. And I think the 85 is okay for ceremonies. Mm-hmm. It's not totally useless. Yeah. And then I know I would do this. Now I might regret this now, but I also added a Lumix G 14 millimeter 2.5 pancake lens. Okay. Which is an equivalent 28 millimeter. Yeah. Okay. So I would use that for dance footage. How much it's, is that one? Uh, that's two hundred dollars, and it's okay. that small. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the nifty fifty. Yeah, yeah I would okay. I would be like I, that would be my wide lens. I would yeah. put that on my gimbal. I would run around with that lens. Yeah. Like I know I would do something like that because mm-hmm. I would probably make a compromise on that. And I because I feel like when you're starting out, you're really uh, infatuated with portrait lenses. Yeah, and then you don't spend the money on your like wide to mid shot as yeah. much. Yep. But yep. but you know I think I have my focal lengths covered there. I know a lot of people who use the uh, GH5s um, like adapting lenses as well. So like using like a Voigtlander or like a, not Mitocon. Um, See, I went yeah, with... There's, um, there's, a few, there's a few kind of off-brand, um, even like older vintage lenses that look pretty good that are, you know, nice primes with low I was afters. just assuming that I would want autofocus on all my lenses. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And that I was not willing to try an, another brand. Because mm-hmm. I sure. think that that's the kind of stuff you do when you're starting out. When you're experienced, yep. you're like, oh, I'm going to get a Voigtlander. I don't, maybe you would do that starting out. But, and I think I would be able to cover a wedding pretty good with these lenses. Mm-hmm. I think I would yep. do okay with, yep. I have from 28 millimeter equivalent all the way to 200 millimeter equivalent. Yep. I'm missing a little bit of a space in that 50, like, like 30 to, 50 millimeter mm-hmm. zone that I might end up regretting down mm-hmm. the line, but I, you know, I'm, live and learn. And I, and I would want primes. I know for a fact, like I would be like, oh, you you can only shoot primes. Yeah. See, I think we we when we put these lists together, right? We had different ideas of like I know I would probably make a lot more mistakes. I I I'm putting this together. I put my list together to hopefully help people avoid those mistakes. I put my list together to pretend to be a pretentious film student. I was was like, how would I, if I thought I was like, I'm going to go in and change the game. Like all these people suck and I'm going to shoot this amazing wedding film that's going to transform. Like I was like really trying to play a character. Okay. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I put mine together with the intention of like, hey, here are some mistakes that you might make. Jason, the art student. Yeah. And here is what you should actually think about. Like, because when I thought about my lens choices, I really thought about, uh, like, I freaking hate changing lenses middle of the day. I don't, I never want to change a lens, not once. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if I care, you don't have to, it's especially annoying. mirrorless cameras, I care about the sensor. Um, you know, it, uh, you know, uh, that's another thing. Another reason why I, I didn't go Sony is because when we had those A7S's um, from Sony, five, six years ago, um, the, the sensor was always dirty. It was always dirty. And even though it had like lens cleaning mode or whatever, you turn the camera on and off, um, it was still filthy all the time. And I've never had a problem with my X-T3, not once. So I don't know what they're doing at, at Fuji. And it's probably way better nowadays. But something that I noticed on early stage mirrorless cameras was um, – the sensors were always filthy. So. Yeah, j- just to get into what you were saying, because I would want to yeah. tell someone, if you are actually picking your lenses, 
and, and also my budget was an issue here. Yeah. But if you were actually picking your start out lenses and you were going Sony, or I mean, you were going Panasonic, I would probably go with the 12 to 35 as well as the 50 pancake. to 100. Okay. I wouldn't get the pancake. Okay. If I was yeah, telling yeah. you like what to actually do, I would yeah, say yeah. like go from like 24 to 200 as, as your coverage zones. Mm-hmm. And you'll be better off. And that and they make a nice lens that's like eight hundred bucks. That's a two point eight, twelve to thirty-five Vario lens that Panasonic makes, as well as a fifty one hundred. Mm-hmm. And and it that'll only cost you a little bit more than what I was spending. Like I, I, I spent on on additional lenses besides my seventy two hundred equivalent, like eh, probably five fifty. Mm-hmm. This lens is eight hundred. Okay. So, like, I would get that if I was actually telling you what to do because I don't want you to listen to this and just buy the crappy things I told you to buy. Mm-hmm. You no. should buy – you should do the other thing. <laughs> so with, with my lens choices, I, I, I like Fuji lenses. Um, I think there are some people that do – like, the Fuji lens is a really solid lens. Um, I think there are some other people doing more interesting things. Like, I love Sigmas and I love Canon glass and so – um, you know, I'm obviously familiar with Canon glass and Sigma glass. Um, but, uh, but the first lens that I chose was a, um, XF, uh, 55 to 200 millimeter. And this is variable aperture. Um, just because Fool. I don't really care. And th- this is, this is, would be the idea with this lens. This would be a lens that I would eventually want to upgrade, but because the lens I really wanted was about a thousand dollars more. I, this is an actual compromise that I made in in my list where I had another lens and I was like, you know what, I'm going to downgrade this lens for my first year or two or whatever um, with the hopes of being able to upgrade maybe a little bit down in the future. So this is a $700 lens. You know, it's not the best, but it gives you some good throw. Um, so you're able to, you know, get, get out towards your subject. This is kind of like a good people lens. It compresses your background. Um, the, the variable aperture is a 3.5 to 4.8. Terrible lens. You're an idiot. Um, but because you'll never make a good product with that lens with, with a 55 to 200, really that's like an 85 to 250 millimeter on a full frame. So because you're able to get it out to 250 millimeters, you know, you're going to get some good bokeh still. Um, you're going to really, you know, it might not be a 2.8, but you're still able to blur some out. And um, I'm assuming that this lens is sharp or sharp enough. Maybe it's not the best, um, but it's a good, solid lens that, you know, and, and it's also a good range. I really like zoom lenses for weddings. Um, if I was given all of the um, lens choices in the world, maybe I would go with all, all primes, you know, once I was a little bit more of an experienced shooter and I was really trying to create something that's, um, maybe a little bit more artistic and, and I was really intentional. But I think when you're first starting out, um, having this, the ability to be super fast is critical um, to be able to get the shots. Because, you know, I feel like when you first start out, the wedding kind of happens to you. When you're really experienced, you happen to the wedding. So see, you uh, become much more like, I feel hands-on like- and you can actually see things happen. So maybe you can have... A prime once you're actually really experienced because you actually go in with a game plan. You know what things are gonna you know unfold where you need to be. Um, but I think a zoom lens allows you to be a little bit more reactive, um, faster. I feel like people when they start out 
oftentimes think that they want to do one thing and they really need to do something else. And mm. I, I've seen that time and time and time again is they really, I went with an idealist standpoint and with what I was looking to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a lot of people when they're starting out, like I'll see some guys and they're all bragging on Facebook forums. They're like, I only use primes. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, that's cool. And then you look and they've been doing it for two years, one year. And th- th- that's fine by the way. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I know like for, for us, we bought this 50 mil, for instance. Yeah. Never you really use it mm-hmm. because we're like, yeah, it's not practical mm-hmm. for what we need. The focal length is kind of a tweener focal length. Now, we've just started actually to enjoy it on the gimbal. We might make some changes there. But like in general, like we eventually, it took us a couple of years to really be like, we're just going to do 24 to 70 and 7200. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I think we kind of just thought it was uncool to do all zoom lenses or something. Mm, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, there's some compromises you make with sharpness and um, also bokeh yeah. with those zoom lenses. But all the positives outweigh the negatives. And I do think, you know, I'm cool with people being idealists and being artsy and having concepts that they're going for. I do think at some point in your professional life, there will be compromises you make because of convenience and utility. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's really what you were going for with your list. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other, just hopping into um, the lenses, the other lens that I chose was actually a Sigma 24 to 70. So uh, and this is a 2.8. So we have the Canon version of this. Um, I also got a, a, a Fringer, 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 I think it's Fringer um, lens adapter. Uh, for the Fuji X mount that What's goes to the um, crop on the, those? Is that a full so frame? So essentially, yeah, the, the Sigma would be for full frame lens, but with the adapter. So it essentially would turn it into a 35 to 85 2.8. So that would be the lens that I would put on my gimbal. Um, that's the wide shot during my ceremony. Um, and yeah, I think both of us had the same idea with shooting a ceremony. It'd only be two camera setup, wide shot, zoom shot, right? Yep. So, so, and I actually went mid shot zoom shot. Yeah. Yeah. More of like a, you know, hip up kind yep. of shot. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and, and that, you know, the 2.8 is nice on the gimbal. I, I think, you know, if you can go really shallow, if you did like a 1.4 or 1.2, you know, you can do that. I personally wouldn't do that. And if you do, if you're mainly because it's like, it's hard to see your, screen mm-hmm. and you know you really want to just have a make sure it's sharp yeah and also with this lens oh, oh in both of my lenses something i had to account for for both of my lenses which limited options were i needed um optical stabilization in both of my lenses um Cause, because that, because because that camera not have dex 3 doesn't have you know a local ibis or or, or image stabilization in inside the camera um, which I don't believe the Sonys do either, by the way. I think it's really only, well, I don't know. Uh, we don't know. Yeah. We're not uh, experts. Um, but I know the Panasonic has has good IBIS. Um, but uh, actually, no, Sony does. Sony, Sony does. does have. Um, but XA3 does not. So I think that's one reason why a lot of people do not go with Fuji. Um, but I accounted it for in our, um, in our lenses. 
And I what think Jared doesn't part, know do is that job. potentially his adapter would make his IBIS not work. It does. Um, it does. The fringer does. Yeah. Because you're because because you also couldn't turn your brain off. I well, you know, <laughs> I would hope if we if you started out a company, you would do your research on it, or at least get it. And then so much it you need to know it. though, just yeah, just so sure. you know, if you're starting out, there are so many little things. So so let's talk about stabilization. Yep. So you went Fuji. Yep. I went Panasonic. We both had our reasons. Yeah. Um. So. I normally like to get the tripods with the column balancing feature, like a little ball head built into the column. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks, but I compromised there because they would cost me an extra hundred bucks and yep. I needed to save some money. So I got just a Manfrotto 502 AH yep. video head, just a 250. I got the cheapest. Decent tripod. I and I get. went with the the one with the ball head. With the I went for the three hundred fifty dollar Manfrotto five hundred fluid head. I, I actually did the thought in my head. I'm like, I don't give a crap about this. I'm not using a. I like it if I'm using a uh, slider. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not using a slider. It takes me five yeah. seconds to balance my. I'm tripod. not using a slider either. I, I think I just I like instead of adjusting tripod legs to make it even or stable. I like the ability to just you know. Pull that lever below, you know, it's twist nice. the lever below and, and fix it really quick. And I don't know. It's just, I, again, it's what I'm used to as, you know, the videographer I am now. Maybe it's a mistake that I would make up front is is invest in a lesser tripod. But I, I see, I knowing what love, I know, I would make that I kind of love holding a tripod hour. like this with the balance and going on the legs. Oh, I hate it. I, I'm good at it. I can do it really fast. I know. So I'm really it's used just, to it. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. So I, I was like, yeah, I honestly know that one was better. I had it in my, I had it at first with the column. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, no, I can compromise here. Yeah. And then I got a, this is where I was like, I know I would compromise this, but I can't compromise on this. I mm-hmm. am not getting a cheap monopod. Yeah. Like. Yeah. So you want monopod too? Oh, yeah. You, yeah. Need, you need a good monopod, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like so, I went with the MVM MX Pro 500. I went to the same one. Two hundred and thirty dollar. Yep, it's very solid. We use them, I believe, around here, yep. and we like them. The other option, and and I think maybe some what someone would decide um, would be to just do handheld instead of doing any kind of monopod, right? Well, during ceremonies, though, ugh. I know. I'm not doing that. I I I, I think. If you did that, then you would have to at least buy a second tripod, right? You'd yes. have to have two but tripods. But this is cheaper so. and more useful. I, I think so as well. So, so it, I mean, I'm actually saving money by going with the monopod. And we sure. do it all the time, yep. so you know you need it. Um, so I went with those. And then I, I went with a Crane 2 stabilizer. Um, okay. Because How much does the Crane 2 cost right now? Well, it's on sale. So it's $449, $300 okay. off. Okay. And it's good. I've used it. I got the focus motor on it. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's the type of thing I would buy. Yep. Um, and then, because then I could put my little pancake lens on it and mm-hmm. roll, run around and roll focus. And but, and like these are things I'd probably. I know. I think I would probably get the focus motor. It was only cost like thirty dollars more. You. Know, I don't really think you really need the focus motor on that. I mean, yeah, but 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 I got it. Depending on if you're using autofocus, and that's probably something you'd have to decide on when you actually got the. Gear. I just got it because it was on sale. Yeah. So yeah. this was a hard, um, this was a hard one for me because I I just don't know how well it worked. Like I feel like when you get a gimbal, because we've had every single gimbal pretty much. We've like, had a crane too. We have 
We have a Crane 2, a Crane 3, Ronin, the first Ronin. We have Ronin M's. Yeah. And we have... The Ronin S. The Ronin S. Yeah. So we're, we're pretty familiar. And I can say, like, certain cameras just work better with certain gimbals. Like, I don't know. Uh, I chose the Weeble Lab, like the small one. Um, which, That's what I should have got. <laughs> with, well, I, I don't know because I think the GH5 is a little bit heavier than the XC3. So I'm not sure what the weight distribution is between, but I know the XT3 would work, really work well on the Weeble. I really the want the Crane like the 3. In my personal it. opinion, the Crane 3 is the most the Crane 3 is awesome. Yeah. I mean, not the, the Crane the, 3. The, Stop that. Yeah, no, the Crane 3. Yeah, the, the Lejeune Crane 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I would get. That's my favorite currently yeah. on the market. I know. And, some and people, the Weeble is just a smaller version of that. But I yeah. think the payload that you can put on the Weeble is like six to eight pounds. You know, don't quote me on it, but I think it's around there. And then I think the payload for the Crane 3 is like 10 to 12 pounds, somewhere around there. It's, it's a lot more. So we couldn't even fit a Mark IV on the Weeble Lab, right? Because that, that, we bought one. Thinking, I know you oh, can. Oh, yeah. We, I'm going to remove that and I'm going to go back to you. I'm going to list it <laughs> because I would not. So I, fair. You're looking at my test. <laughs> I'm just sorry. Like, I wouldn't get this older model. Yeah. It, I, just I mean, wasn't I thinking. like the Crane 2 a lot. I do like it and it would work just fine. But I think, yeah, the, the Weeble Lab is probably, it's probably a better option right now. I just like that style gimbal. Like, sure. It gives you something that you really don't know that you need yep but you really like having the ability to do this means i don't have to have a slider yep because yep. it's like holding it right in front of me instead of like single yep. point okay and i'm not sure can can you put a um uh a focus pull on mm -hmm. the weeble lab oh yeah. yeah it has a built in right on right on the left hand side no yep. okay and um you can also put it on a tripod yeah which is yep. probably what i would do yeah and yeah i'm looking at it now and it says that the trans mount phone holder um, will go on the Weeble Labs. It's the same one. That goes I, the yeah, I would definitely go with this, and I would probably just, you know, just because I know I know how I would think about it, and yeah. I would go with this. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um, just kind of storage sure. and, and computer-y kind of stuff. Okay. So we both were assuming that we needed to upgrade our computers. Mm -hmm. And we needed storage. Yep. So both of us. So this is the thing I think where a lot of people do not um, think about this mm. when they're starting their business. They don't think about their storage properly or their workflow is really held back because they, their computer is too slow. Yep. For some of you, you might already have this handled just normally. Your computer might be plenty fast. If you have like a. I think a lot of people starting out who are like, hey, I could do this. Most of the time, they already have their computer, um, but maybe it's not upgraded to what it would be ideally. It, you know, like yeah, working yeah. With 4K you might footage. be good enough. But we're just assuming yeah. that we had like terrible computers, and we need or no computers, yeah, just starting from scratch. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming I had a computer because I didn't buy editing software. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming that I like had a really terrible um, MacBook, and I had Final Cut. And oh, I, knew I was accounting for a pirated version of Final Cut, by the okay. way. Yeah, I don't know so. if that even works. <laughs> I don't know either. Anymore. Is there such thing as pirated <laughs> did, did software? You buy, did you buy on your list? Did you buy Final Cut? No. Okay, so no, it's just No, because I was assuming that I knew how to edit. <laughs> yes, okay. I was like, I know how to, or at whatever I had. So, yep. Yep. so I got a 27-inch iMac and 5K, early 2019 model. 
Um, and my specs on this thing, and this is the thing I looked at that I thought was a little important, which is, A, I have a personal philosophy that you should, I don't get, I get as small as possible on my computer and I always get an SSD yep. because your programs are going to run on that. Yep. But I don't store like video files on my computer. Yep. So I Same. don't need a lot of storage on my computer. So I, I wanted the SSD. Yep. I got only 8 gigs of RAM, which is something I might regret. And I actually maybe I can probably afford on my budget to upgrade. Yeah. But the other thing is I definitely spent the extra money to get their the 3.6 i9 eight core processor to get the mm. mo the fastest processor that they have on this because yeah I don't know if this was an upgraded um, upgraded GPU or um, in terms of the graphics card, but I think the AMD Pro 575. X is mm -hmm. probably fine for this. I, I would be able to edit a season. And, and if I had money in the budget, I would probably upgrade to the 16 gigs of RAM because it's only $200 more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I just was a little worried about my budget. But I, I got an iMac because I'm used to it and know how to do Final Cut already. I did the, yeah, I did that um, MacBook Pro as well. I did the 512 So you gig. did a mobile up editing workstation? I did. I did just because I would be... I know the way that I work. I wouldn't just need my computer on me all the time. Uh, yeah, I, I would stick with it. So let's talk, then let's talk about storage because yeah. so I did a big 10 terabyte $500 Thunderbolt 3 D2 desktop drive, a Lacie. I believe uh, that's the same one that I picked. You looked at my list. No, it's just a good value. <laughs> it I think, is a good value. Yeah. I think that you need... I'm assuming that your workflow is going to be you'll have a couple weddings on the docket, right? Yeah. Yep. And you're not doing super crazy and you're not, you're not blowing them out the door and yep. your weddings are like 500 gigs each. Yep. So I'm thinking like that's going to get you through a season probably 10 terabytes. Maybe you might need a little more, but if you've been booked that much, you can afford to buy a hard drive. Yes. So, so I, I wanted to have enough to get through my first like – 10 weddings with space to share. So mm -hmm. I, I went with 10 terabytes. And I think that's a mistake a lot of people make is they, they don't factor in the speed. You need yep. to make sure you get a, the right speed so you can edit off of these externals. If you get really slow externals and you don't look at the read-write speed, yeah. you're not going to be able to edit. It's yeah. just going to be like dragging and dragging. So I didn't want that to be my bottleneck, so I got Thunderbolt 3. Yeah. I got something where the disks were kind of fast, where we could do RAID 0, which is fast. Yeah. I'm not doing real redundancy. I'm being an idiot here. I'm not actually – I would really want – if I had an extra money in the budget, I would buy a really cheap USB-C um, archiving drive mm -hmm. as well that was just cheap and not fast yep. but i just used it to back my stuff up that'd probably be like the first thing i bought when i did well was another drive yep to yep. back my stuff up on but i didn't do that here so, so you got the same drive i did um you know what i did and then i was looking for it on my list and i was like where is it and it wasn't there so uh but i remember i i i put that one on my list and then i downgraded because i was like you're gonna be mobile I'm going to be mobile, but then also I was like, well, if I first start, do I really need 10 terabytes worth of f footage? Like, say you shoot a wedding, how much would you say? Shooting 4K, you're probably shooting 300 to 500 gigs a wedding. I think maybe? if you go crazy and you shoot a lot of slow-mo, worst case scenario, you're shooting 800 gigs. So so let's say you, your first year you shoot 10 weddings, Yeah. right? I think you probably only need... 
five terabytes. Probably. I was you just could get like, away with it. I was probably, I was just a little I, bit like. I mean, this is, in a, in a perfect world, I think the 10 terabyte is perfect because you got to think like, if you're hopping into this, if you're going full time, you might get a commercial gig, you might get all these things and a 10 terabyte is worth it. I think this is a place that you should be upgrading pretty quickly. Um, you need to get redundancy quickly. Yeah. So I, I got the Lacy five terabyte rugged um, uh, Type C external. So I, I I'm moving around yeah. with an external and I'm I'm backing up my footage onto. And then Google he's Drive gonna barely be able to edit because he's USB C and it's not fast enough. Yeah, yeah, um, especially 4K. Yeah. So let's. Um, and I'll be upgrading pretty quickly. <laughs> so let's talk about um, audio, and then we'll talk about accessories like batteries, cards, that kind of junk. Mm-hmm. So this is a thing where I was like, I also couldn't turn my brain off mm-hmm. and think like a person who doesn't know what they're doing. So I did know what I was doing. Yeah. And I bought two Tascam DR10s. Okay. Um. Those are my primary recorders, and as well as I got a Rode Wireless Go compact microphone system, mm-hmm. um, which if you haven't seen these Wireless Goes, they, um, um, they're pretty interesting. What, they, are, what are they? They're just little clip-on mics that you can, um, you can plug it into your camera and record okay. audio yeah, yeah. on your camera. Yep. And then you could also, like, Use it as just a room mic. So that it's in the original file. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I would probably just, you know. Is that like, would you attach one end to the groom, like as a lavalier microphone, or would that be? No. So I got my two. I would use that as my, um, instead of like, we we use an an H2. I would use that as my room mic. Okay. But but I like it because I could put it anywhere in the room. Yep. Yeah. And then I'd also get the feed directly, and it'd save me a little time. Oh, yeah, those are cool. Yeah, so I get those, and then I got the two DR10s, which everybody's using, and mm-hmm. because they do the the dual yep. um, recording. And I what I did there is I got a bunch of adapters. So I got mm. an XLR adapter. Yeah, I got a TRS adapter. Yep. which is like a guitar cable, and then I got uh, an extender, which is like a just so I can lengthen the cable. Yeah. So it's, and and I would just record my line feed on one of the DR10s. Mm-hmm. And then I would use one lav on someone on the stage, one for one DR10 to record off the sound system, and then my wireless go to record a room s- sound. Mm-hmm. As, and also as a third level. And I would always recommend people like have three audio levels cuz mm-hmm. any crap can happen. So I have a room mic, something recording from the feed, and then also something on the stage on the groom or the officiant or whatever. Yeah. I, I like it. Um, I did the same um, task cams as well. Did, uh, did you remember your yeah. adapters? Uh, no, because yeah. I'm really only going to be using... Oh, wait. Yeah. Port, no. Uh, just the audio recorder lavalier. You're just going to hang like a lav over the speaker? No, no. This would just be for the groom during the ceremony. <laughs> okay. Um, because, yeah, I think it's great. And then... What I've seen people do um, is actually attach them to, you know, I would consider this. I haven't tried this. I've only seen it in theory, but attach it to the actual microphone that a person is holding and, you know, request. Actually, this is something that I've thought about a little bit for, for us even at Stop the Love is, you know, um, mic stand, you know, put a mic stand, ask them to put a mic stand where the uh, person is going to be speaking during a toast 
and then just strapping it up to that mic stand right next to the microphone. So the person isn't holding the microphone. You know, you just essentially have a microphone next to um, the actual handheld microphone. So that's essentially your backup for the reception. Um, I thought about getting one of those Insta mics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I didn't because I was like, I know if I was starting out, I wouldn't like, I would just go on. I, I held myself to only shopping on one no. of, on B&H. I'm not really happy with that solution, but I know it is a solution if I was just starting out. This is such um, a like a hard part, though, the audio. Like, can you imagine if you had no idea what you were doing? Mm. Like, my, my main recorder, um, I actually picked something that's, that's kind of expensive. Um, just because I'm assuming that if I am shooting a wedding when I'm first starting out, I'm probably shooting it by myself every single time. I'm not having an assistant or a second shooter. Um, so I got the Zoom F6, six input. Um, it's brand new. This just oh, came yeah, out the recently. Floating point. Yeah, and and essentially it makes it so that you you can't peek out. Which if you've shot weddings, you know, like it's such a pain when someone is holding their microphone super close and then super far away. Um, it's just it's it's a pain in the butt. Um, so essentially, with this, with yeah, with with the uh, floating point, it. it um, yeah, float recording is you're going to avoid any kind of clipping um, that that could be there. So essentially, you, you don't have to be near it to get good, a good feed. Um, and I don't know. It's uh, we have the H sixes, and we really yeah, like them. But I didn't the buy clipping. any. Like in a perfect world, I would want um, com- combo inputs like mm-hmm. combo quarter inch and XLR. Yep. In a perfect world, yep. yep. In a perfect world, I wouldn't have to use adapters. I could use normal cables, sure. like all those things. But and that is the downside. I don't know. I think actually. that only has XLR inputs. Yeah, I think it only has. But XLRs. but you know, you make yeah. compromises with this kind of stuff, and I think both of our setups, we could do it. We could get away with recording the audio and it yep. decent. So let's talk about our accessories. Sure. So the first accessory you need to know I got was a camera strap. Okay. Because I would be like, I would be looking at Evan from Frame and Anchor, yeah. and I would want to shoot with a camera strap. Wouldn't it, um, yeah, wouldn't it, it come with the camera? I wouldn't know that, because yeah. I've never bought a camera like this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I would be like, oh, I need a, ca- I need a good one. Yeah, okay. You know, so, so you want a camera strap, so I got a $40 camera strap. Yeah. Um, cause I feel like I would make that mistake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I got, and like, then it would go into a bag or a no, box I would, forever. I would definitely shoot with it. Oh. I would go like, I would be like, <laughs> I would get good at it. And then I'd be like, oh, you guys using gimbals. I have a gimbal built into my neck. Yeah. <laughs> Camera strap. Um, but, um, I got the, um, Zion quick setup adapter for the crane three weevil lab. Mm-hmm. So I could put it on a tripod if yep. I needed it. Yeah. I got the... Like some, well, they were free, but little lens care kits, little lens rags, things yep. like that. Um, and these are little things that just you need um, that you never think about. I got a bunch of, like I said, adapters for my audio, a um, TRS, the little mini adapter to micro, like um, guitar cables, mm-hmm. and then an extender. And I got a Lowepro Pro Runner RL X450 backpack, mm-hmm. which is a rolling soft backpack. For, and I, I know why we use hard cases. If it was just me and I didn't have to just send it out with random guys, I way prefer a backpack. Yeah. 
I hate those cases. They're freaking annoying. Pelicans. And I would go with this. It's like a $229 bag. It's a nice bag, and it rolls, and it's good. I also got two light stand. Or no, I, I ended up scaling down to one. I got an F64 LSB light stand bag. It's mm-hmm. unpadded. I would just chuck stuff in there, like, you know, tripods and all that junk. Um, I don't have no idea if it actually fits, by mm-hmm. the way. <laughs> I got a um, light stand, just like an eight-foot light stand. I got one torch light. Did you get any lights? I did not get any So I got lights. one light, yep. which is a torch light, and I didn't get extra batteries Yep. because I'm assuming I don't know how long they actually last. Um, I ended up getting four additional batteries because I believe my kits came with two each, so I have eight mm. total batteries, Okay. which I think, and I also got that wants the Watson double charger. Yep. So I'm bringing a double charger as well as four eight total batteries to my wedding day, I think I would get through the whole day mm-hmm. on those batteries without needing. I bought an extra camera plate, for Manfrotto plate, just because those things get lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the thing I did that was maybe a little different. So mine came with 64 cards. I also bought two 256s. Okay. So my plan would be to put a 256 and a 64 in my dual slots and record all day without changing my cards at all. Mm-hmm. And I think I would get away with it. Does the so I know with the XT three, and and even the the Mark fours, the Canons, you can only record um, to one card at a time. Yeah, I would be, I would do that. Yeah, I would just yeah. continuous record. Like yeah, when yeah, the one yeah. filled up, I'd go yeah, to the next yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, sure. um, but I think I'd be fine shooting that way. Mm-hmm. I think I would yeah. have enough storage. Like I don't think I would need more than three hundred gigs per camera. Mm-hmm. Yep. If, yep. Some of you who are like so, Panasonic yeah. shooters might call them, no, those files are huge, you yeah. idiot. <laughs> I have no idea. You'd quickly have I would to quickly spend find an out and have to spend 70, extra, you know, 150 bucks on two more cards or whatever. But, whatever it yeah. is. So that that's my accessories. Yep. I did the same thing, two 256 cards. I had to buy eight extra batteries, and I bought the off-brand Watson. MP oh, I didn't batteries. buy any. I didn't buy off-brand batteries either. Because okay. I've learned the hard way with those yeah, over yeah. the years. So I bought real brand batteries. I, I, which is um, probably, honestly, if I was being real about it, I would probably have bought the Watsons. Yeah, I, I bought the Watsons just because the other ones are more expensive. And these ones were $20 each. And I had to buy eight of them um, to have 10 total batteries. So that cost me Neither of us bought a cage. Each. Neither of us bought any kind of external battery system. Mm, yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so I did that. Um and then I had to include a uh, XLR cable, you know, twenty bucks there. See, I'm um, a musician, so I was assuming that I had XLRs uh, and okay, quarter inches yeah. already in my house. <laughs> uh, and then this is, um, I got a, uh, a case, like a little Pelican case, but I got it from Harbor Freight, according to what Rich Ferry. Thank did. you, Rich. Okay, thank you for the tip, Rich. Uh, instead of spending three hundred fifty dollars on a Pelican hard case. Uh, pretty much just got the copycat from if you don't Harbor know about, Freight, if you don't which I've never heard of before until yeah. last week. Yeah, if you don't know about Harbor Freight, they have, like, incredible prices. It's like an online harbor, hardware store, and it was $100, you know, uh, the, the same size cape, weatherproof, everything, for $100 instead of, you know, 250 If you want to sponsor us, Harbor today, Freight, yeah. we'll take your sponsorship. Uh, all day, all day. Um, but that's what I got because I like the hard cases. I think they're just... I don't know. I Isn't it weird how that you can it. have a preference about a case? Yeah. I yeah. hate those hard cases. Like, I compare whenever I pick up a backpack, I just feel so good. I don't mind a backpack. I just got a backpack from uh, 
Langley. And I love it for like travel, but mostly like photography. I find like, you know, video stuff. I like to be in a hard case. Here's what I I was thinking about specifically. Backpack. Light stands in the left hand. Mm -hmm. Gimbal in the right hand. Mm -hmm. Walk it in one trip. Yeah, I think the same thing, but I think gimbal one hand, case in the other, and then tripod over the slung over the shoulder. Yeah. Tripod, monopod, case. I just always feel like when I swing, sling a a light stand case over my shoulder, I'm like, (laughs) like smashing into stuff. Um, I've actually seen that. You can have a a, a preference on the weirdest stuff, and that's what you'll realize. So let's just summarize. Sure. So I ended up spending $9,918. On all this equipment. Yeah, I, I did, uh, since I forgot my hard drive, mine actually went up to $10,207. That's pretty good, though. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty good. And and so where did you spend way more than me or less than me? Mm, I spent more I think- on the tripod. I spent more on the audio, seems like, because I got the, the I F6 spend- is 650 bucks. Yeah, I spent about $1,000 on audio. I spent about 700 on audio. Yeah. yeah. And I bought a light. That's one of the things. I spent a $250 light. You got a light, <laughs> and then you got a, a bigger size hard drive. Our computers are essentially the same. Yeah, so I spent um, about 800 on lights and hard drives yeah, yeah. Um, that you didn't. But you, and I, how much was your lens total? My lens total was 1000 plus. Seven, uh, it was about $2,000 on two lenses. Roughly. Mine was a little under. Mine was about... Once I include my lens adapter. Mine was about probably 1900 So yeah. we're, we're close on that. So yeah. so here's the thing, like just to summarize. Yep. In general, I think you're going to need to spend about two grand on lenses. Yep. 2400 on bodies to start up. Yep. I think on your storage media... on a laptop... Yeah, storage media. I think you're. You might already have a laptop, so maybe you don't have to. Yeah. And you can probably get away with getting a bunch of 64 gig cards or whatever. But you need to spend at least a hundred dollars on storage, yeah. if not a little more. I think you should plan on spending at least th- at least a hundred dollars on generic batteries if it is worth it to buy some nice batteries too. Mm-hmm. So my and getting the kits with the extra batteries is also good. That's a good value. I always will get the kit with the extra battery. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just because why not? Yep. And like, I think you're going to need to spend probably $200, $250 on batteries when you're starting your out. I think you're going to need to spend a, at least $450 on tripods, monopods, like mm-hmm. stabilization. Oh, yeah. You don't need a gimbal. Nope. I think that the gimbal is the thing we both bought because we, I think most people would want to buy a gimbal and we would want to buy a gimbal because we're used to it, but I don't think you have to have a gimbal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think you could probably get away with spending like five hundred on audio. Mm-hmm. You can spend less on audio. Yeah, yeah. Like you do need a lav mic. You need a microphone that you can get on your subject and get on stage. And you do need something that you can record a feed from from the board. Yep. And you can probably get away with a range of different things there. Um, so that's our whole exercise. So what was like now that we've kind of went through it all? Does anything about each other's list surprise you? Not, not specifically. No, I, I, I think we have similar thoughts on, on how to shoot. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, no, and and you invested a little bit more in storage, so that's right up your alley. I invested more in lenses, so that's right up my alley. Um, I did, I did, shooting. I did, I did get micro cards, micro SD cards. I forgot to mention. Okay, which, those are so cheap. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like free. Mm. They're like seven ninety nine. Yeah, for a thirty two yeah. gig card. Yep, it's so small. Um, yeah, so I think like the biggest thing is if you're starting out. I also got an extra battery for my gimbal. Okay. For 24 bucks. But if you're starting out um, and you – hopefully this is helpful mm-hmm. to you. Um, and if you're experienced and established, it's kind of fun to think about how you would do things if you had to start over. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It just makes it so that you – I don't know because it would be way different than the company that we've kind of created. Um, it would be a well, different – product you know we what we're giving now is something so that it's reproducible so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of emphasis on stabilization a lot of emphasis on things being very easy not Mm -hmm. requiring a lot of adapters and i don't like this isn't i would say you want to lower the skill ceiling a little to remove individual taste a little bit with stop go love we want it to be very consistent yeah and so like i would never be like oh we're gonna shoot all handheld all the time like I would never plan on everyone shooting handheld because yeah. then it's going to all look different. That that is true. I think if you are thinking that it's if if you're intentionally making a company and making a product that is going to be reproducible for other people, like your gear list is going to look way different because you're just going to say I want it to be easy to train someone to shoot the way that I want them to shoot. Um as opposed to if you're doing it yourself, maybe you can have a little bit more skill items like Prime lenses. Personal um, taste, like I yep. want to shoot with an 85 yep. during this section yep. of yep. the day. You know, that's a personal taste thing. It's not a practical decision, and it might actually force you into some bad situations, but you would learn to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You would deal with it as an individual artist. Yep. And so that, that was interesting to me. Yeah, no, it's 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 fun. It's fun. And the, the, the scare is always it's always changing. I think the price is going down oh all the time. Gosh, yeah. Uh, I mean, even looking at this, we were like, oh my gosh, the price of lenses. We spent 10 grand so- when we started out just on lenses and bodies. Mm hmm. Yep. And like we barely had any of the right recording equipment. We we did not have the right stuff. No, no. We overspent in certain ways and underspent in others. I happen to have some recording equipment that I had mm-hmm. that we used that yep. was kind of inappropriate for – it was more studio equipment. Yeah, and at that time, I mean, they just didn't have – I think we had – as far as recorders go, it was the – H4N had just come out and the battery life on it was so bad it would just die. Or it would like die and like wouldn't close your files and you'd have like no audio. It was we didn't have any gimbals that didn't even exist. Nope. The big thing was uh, glide cams. You know what I thought was interesting about the list? Neither of us bought a drone. Mm, Yeah, that's true. Neither of us bought a drone. That's true. Um, Because we need licenses and we I probably wouldn't wait to get a license. it, It is. A higher end product. I mean, I'm assuming based on the gear that we just bought, we're producing a product that's around two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars, with the intention of even less potentially. Oh yeah. But with the intention of going up to three thousand. If to I was just starting out, I would try to find someone to let me do it for free. I would mm-hmm. charge. I would charge nine hundred ninety nine dollars if yeah. that's what it took to get booked. And then once you made it to that three thousand, four thousand dollar price point, that's when you're like upgrading to a drone. That's when you're upgrading to all these different things. The biggest thing, you know, it's that classic thing. You know, you 
as you get booked, you just keep raising your prices. Yep. Um, so anyway, um, that is that. So hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Um, if you did reward us with a subscription <laughs> and go ahead and click on the alert bell on YouTube. Um, we're on podcast, which is the Apple product. And then we're also on Spotify. Thank you guys for hanging out today. Hopefully you learned a little something.